0: Welcome to Spill the Tea, a bi-weekly download of life, liberty, and the latest in culture and news with your hosts, Dr. Robert McClure and Sal Nuzo. Hello and welcome to another edition of Spill the Tea. I am Bob McClure, President and CEO of the James Madison Institute, and with me today is Logan Paget, who is the Vice President for uh, Communications and Public Affairs. Sal is Traveling, he's in chilly Wyoming today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Logan and I have spilled the tea. And, Logan, we're coming straight out of literally just in the last few hours. Yep. You know, I, we do a lot of national uh, interviews, and everybody loves what's happening in Florida. Well, most people who share our, our views mm-hmm. on on uh, principles love what's happening in Florida. But I always get the question what is the one or what are the one or two things that uh, Florida's not doing right. And clearly, mm-hmm. property insurance has been a huge issue for years, for mm-hmm. a, more than a dozen years, going way back to when Jeb Bush was governor. Uh, and they've never really fully addressed it for lots of reasons that are, are not important now. But even as we speak today, um, the legislature called a special session. The governor called a special session yeah. this week. And they have just passed some very, very significant property insurance reform. Talk about uh, what you're seeing uh, on social media and what you were watching in the chambers just in the last few hours. Yeah,
1: yeah. So two hours ago it passed. Um, now this is Wednesday afternoon. So if you're listening to this now on Thursday, it's been about 24 hours. But um, I think it's important to lay the groundwork, as you said, about how this is um you know, this is really right. an issue that Florida is not at the forefront right. um, on. So 225,000 um, people moved to Florida last year because they love our low taxes. They love our education and what they're... And now, more are coming. yeah, more yeah. are coming. More are eyeing um, a move here, and and what they're realizing now is that Florida pays three times the national average um, for homeowners insurance, and so right. we're you know we're we're getting all these people to come here, which is great, but can we really afford to keep them? And that was becoming an issue. And so um, the the reason that people pay that much is because. We have almost eighty percent of all property insurance litigation in the country. So nine percent right. of policies um, are Florida policies, but eighty percent of insurance litigation. So um, there was a hundred thousand property insurance lawsuits just last year. If you put that into comparison, no other state had more than nine hundred in
0: the entire country. The entire Florida, country. Florida had one hundred thousand property insurance lawsuits last year. No other state in the entire country had more than nine hundred. Yep, that's that's stunning. That's a stunning statistic. So
1: again, to put that in perspective, that means four out of every five homeowners' insurance claims nationwide are filed in Florida. Right. Um, And so there have been estimates that have shown a family of four pays roughly twenty five hundred dollars in lawsuit abuse tax every year.
0: Right. So this
1: really is not, and and, um, you know, you have different parties and different folks that that really want to point fingers and say who the problem is. And while, yes, we live in Florida, we have a lot of hurricanes that come through our state. That is not the main issue. So does Texas. So does, you know, the Carolinas. Right. And things like that. So what's really happening is we have laws that are incentivizing trial attorneys to file these meritless meritless lawsuits. And so they're leaving Floridians to pay the price. Um, and this has really been an ongoing issue for the last decade. JMI has been working on it for for a lengthy number yes, of years. Yes. This is our special se- uh, second, our second special session on the issue. Yeah. So last special session they had some reforms. This one, um, they they had quite <clears throat> a bit more. So um, again, another another statistic that I think drives this home. But between 2013 and 2021, there were 15 billion dollars in payouts um, for different lawsuits. Only 8% of that went to the actual policyholders. Think
0: about that. Say that again. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: let's flip that. 92% went to attorneys and legal fees.
0: Right. 92% of that $15 billion. That's a lot of cheese.
1: Right. So what did the bill actually do? And this is
0: important, what the bill actually did here. So it
1: eliminated one-way attorney's fees. It corrected um, bad faith statutes, so assignment of benefits, um, and it addressed the need to make citizens really serve its purpose. Citizens' property insurance is supposed to be the insurance of last Last resort. resort, They're nearing a million policies. I don't Mm -hmm. know where they are today, but at one point I saw they were nearing a million policies. They were
0: undercut. The market was so distorted and so bad, they were undercutting the market. And so people were just buying citizens, uh, and, uh, the, the insurance market, uh, they couldn't compete. So companies in part were just pulling out, you know? And so that's why, yeah. So they're, they're making citizens what it's supposed to be, which is the insurer of last resort, not the insurer of first resort.
1: Right. So what I think that the, the goal that this bill was, um, uh, going to accomplish is to really stabilize the market, which right. we all know is going to um, not immediately affect rates. Right. Um, I don't think we're going to immediately see. I right. know I just got my renewal notice in the mail a couple weeks ago. Mine went up, but eventually what this is going to do is stabilize the market. Rates will come down. It's really going to make it to where um, the 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 market is going to accurately reflect risks and it'll protect consumers um, and and put additional controls on insurance carriers um, and trial attorneys as well.
0: And so it comes down to the principle, one of the principles that the Institute has, you know, long and has always actually from its beginning talked about, and that is when you have government interference, uh, it distorts the market. uh, And instead of the government acting as, say, the an umpire calling balls and strikes the umpire inserts himself into the game and starts either throwing pitches or swinging swinging the bat to use a metaphor a little probably a little too far and so government intervention distorts the market allows for abuse by trial lawyers allows Mm -hmm. for um um uh, companies to be sued very easily uh, really for for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, not that people should never be sued. No one's saying that. And so we address these and are allowing, hopefully, market forces. It will take time. You're absolutely right. right. Market forces to return uh, and to stabilize the state of Florida. Because as you said, if this were just about hurricanes, then we would have Texas and Louisiana and the Carolinas and you know, you know, on and on and on. And it's not just about that. It's about these other things. And right. that's what's critically important. And literally, this is hot off the press. Yeah. So this yeah. is a great move by the legislature. Kudos to leadership in the House, yeah. Speaker Renner, uh, Senate President Pasadomo, and obviously the governor. Yep. And CFO Patronus.
1: Well, and the sponsors, too. I know that right. um, Chair Leak and Chair Rommel, everybody really worked tirelessly on this and it's it's one of those things that uh sometimes we can come through session and introduce something get it passed and move along and this has been like a decade in the making right so it kind of now really finally feels like um uh, again like you mentioned uh, at the onset florida's not been a leader on this but we're we're catching up good (laughs) that's
0: great well that's great well moving on to other things that obviously is a major component of this uh podcast um Another, They have a couple other things going through Special Session now. Uh, they're doing a toll discount for Florida drivers who go through at least 35 tolls a month. And there are a number you think of. Um, yeah, a
1: lot of different commuters right. down in that I-4 corridor. Right, where
0: you were raised. So you yeah, know yes. in the Orlando area you yeah, understand. Yeah, I, I
1: know going home. I mean, obviously we're not commuting, but just going home from where we live to Orlando, you go through four or five tolls just getting to where my parents live and then coming back and right. so I, if you're driving to the downtown area all the time yeah um that that, that can really add up and so um, the idea is that there'll be a 50 percent discount on toll charges to drivers that go through at least 35 toll stations a month um, and i know that on average it's going to save uh commuters 550 um, under the proposed that's plan. like getting a tax so, cut right
0: Five hundred and fifty dollars in this
1: economy. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Understand? That's exactly right. Under Yuck. under this proposed plan, it's it's amazing. So they are doing other things. They'll probably be out of here tonight or tomorrow mm-hmm. out of Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. So they'll be moving on. We've got a couple things on the agricultural front that I think uh, will be very important, and that Commissioner Wilton Simpson is going to be very concerned about. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, and they have to do with Florida's orange crop and with bees. Believe it or not, Florida is a huge uh, has a huge bee and beekeeper industry, which we're going to talk about on the orange crop front uh, for this year. It's expected to hit the lowest production rates since the Great Depression. Uh, primarily for two reasons: one, the greening unfortunately continues mm-hmm. uh, to be a major problem for orange growers, and then secondly, um, the damage created by Hurricane Ian as it came up through Southwest Florida and basically, you know, cut the state in half and went out on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, Florida: the forecast for Florida's orange crop has dropped almost thirty percent. After Hurricane Ian and then, and obviously, Hurricane Nicole, uh, putting the citrus industry on a path towards its lowest production since the Great Depression. That's amazing.
1: That's scary.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: We're, we're, we're the orange state. You right. Know? Yeah. Right.
0: And you think about jobs and you think about That's right. businesses and you think about agriculture in general and production and those kinds of things. The U.S. Department of Agriculture on Friday. Released a report that said that Florida is expected to produce 20 million boxes of oranges during the current growing season, uh, and and that's down from a forecast of almost 30, 28 yeah. million boxes. That's a that's a huge number. That is that so.
1: is. Um, a- another just on that same note, another um, situation that was being affected by the hurricanes um, are beehives. So, like you said. Um, Florida, there's 800,000 um, beehives and about 60% are focused on pollination. And now people may be listening to that and saying, well, how does that affect me? Yeah, big deal. Yeah, it does, though, because what happens is um, we send uh, these out to different states. So, um Honeybees are key pollinators for things like California's almond harvest. So, that <laughs> it all is being affected. Um, they're shipped to Montana for alfalfa pollination. Well, what is alfalfa? It's the primary food stock, uh, the primary food for livestock. So, bees have to pollinate alfalfa which our livestock has to eat in order for us to put meat on the table. And then just a couple more things. I mean, um, Washington for, for pears and cherries, um, Wisconsin for cranberries. And then um, you've got the um, Midwest for apples and peaches and cherries. Uh, Northeast for blueberries, cranberries. I mean, we're taking these beehives and we're sending them everywhere but then you've got a hurricane, a couple of hurricanes that came through and destroyed around 300,000 of them. So this really is going to have some far-reaching consequences. I mean, I think I initially saw this and I said, well, I don't I don't know what that has to What's do with. What's a big deal? Yeah. Right? yeah. But it does. And I do remember um this may have been an issue a couple of years ago and I don't know what it was uh to blame, but um you know, I'm a marketing person. So this I saw this campaign that Cheerios did where they sent around like packets of seeds. To folks when um, honeybees were, right. were low and they sent around packets and you could plant them and the idea was that it was a, a particular uh, flower or, or something that the, they were attracted to so they would pollinate yeah, more. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Cheerios if you're listening. Right. <laughs> it's time to launch that campaign again. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> so you have, you know you know, almost 800,000 beehives in Florida. They were 60% were lost, you know, or focused on pollination. Pollination. A lot of that was lost to Hurricane Ian. And who knew that the rest, that we basically farm out our bees uh, and our beehives in the warmer months. To
1: every state.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> every To most of the, all of the agricultural states in the country. Yeah. So, you know, as Wilton Simpson has come in or is coming into office, he's dealing with, you know, the orange prices, problem yeah. and, the, and the beehive problem, which won't show up immediately, but it will show up in in, in price increases yeah. uh, in the new year. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, and, and yet, you know, um, things continue to move in Florida. The governor now is moving on to investigating COVID-19 vaccines. He's uh, looking for a grand jury. Uh, he said Tuesday, this last week, that he plans to petition the state supreme court to convene a grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing related to COVID nineteen vaccines. And this is this has far reaching implications, Logan, because you had people who healthcare workers who lost their jobs mm-hmm. because they wouldn't get vaccinated or they wouldn't get the booster. You had um, military men and women who were dishonorably discharged yeah. in many cases. Right. Uh, because they refused to get the vaccine, you had government workers in largely, um, you know, um, states that were shut down and masked up and required mandates who were fired mm-hmm. because they wouldn't get the the vaccine. We were told uh, that this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Turned out not to be true, uh, and was dead wrong. Uh, we were told, you know, Joe Biden gave his long, cold, cruel winter speech last year and was told, we were told, you know, we could have death on the streets because people weren't getting vaccinated. And yet now we know all of that is not true. And the governor is simply saying, Let's look and see. Yeah, he's
1: looking to see how much were the people of Florida misguided and about the efficacy of this vaccine and what it really was intended to accomplish. And this is not the first time that this has been done. I know that Florida just got a lump sum of money related to the opioid um, crisis and drugs related to that. So, um, but I agree with you. I think this has been uh, where I'm in like this frustrated phase of this. COVID uh, pandemic and where we are and that, you know, now you've got uh, the CDC coming out and saying, well, yeah, we should treat everybody the same, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. Then why get the vaccine? Right. But you had, but we were calling people that didn't get vaccinated science deniers. Right. And I mean, they basically had the scarlet letter on them Mm -hmm. for just choosing to mitigate their own risk and decide whether or not it was right for them. And this coming from somebody that did get vaccinated, I was okay with people making the choice for themselves because it was their, you know, their choice. And yeah, you've, you've got uh, military members that I would argue are probably some of the most healthiest and fit people on the planet Mm -hmm. going off to fight a war and forcing them them to get vaccinated and they were dishonorably discharged. And right. now we are saying, well, they don't have to be vaccinated anymore. Well, what about the ones that, right. that, that had to leave the service because they didn't want to be? Um, and then you've got teachers that weren't able to teach. Yep. You had kids that were not in, not in Florida, thankfully, but in other states that were not able to go to school to learn and you couldn't I mean, you. in certain places, you couldn't go to restaurants, to the gym. I mean, you were forced to right. stay indoors. I just feel like my kids are going to read about this in a textbook and be like, what were y'all thinking? Right. <laughs> what were you doing? But yeah, now the idea is that, well, we're, we're all just supposed to treat each other equal and just forget about
0: Never mind. the the Move fact on. that yeah. we
1: were we just wanted people to mitigate risk. And rightfully so, because there was no... Right information. I mean, left and right, it was, you know, two weeks to stop the spread and then masks work, but then they don't. But now you have to double mask, but only N95 masks work. And I mean, it was just left and right. The narrative was changing and you need one shot and then you need a booster. And now you need a booster every other week, it feels like. And so... um, yeah, it, I'm in this like frustrated feeling now where I'm glad that the governor is taking a look and seeing where we really told the truth about the efficacy of this vaccine Right. Um, or where we misguided.
0: Yeah, the best disinfectant is transparency and sunshine. So let's look at what mm-hmm. was r- what we got right, what we got wrong. Um, but you're right that the health bureaucracy, the health bureaucrats, as I call them, uh, which I distinguish uh, um from your local doctor, uh, were saying different things every day. And what health bureaucrats say in Washington has effects in the media. It has effects on politicians and what they say and how they do things. And so the governor in Florida is saying, let's let's look at least here to see what was right and what was wrong. And I, you watch what's going to happen. Because Governor DeSantis is doing this, uh, other governors are going to pick up this same mantle and they're going to do the same thing uh, throughout the country. I don't know how many, but it happens. Every time Florida acts in this way, the governor is a perfect example of keeping a state open. Other governors decided to do that. He was opposed to mandates. Other governors began to oppose mandates. Because the governor is uh, going to, quote, investigate any and all wrongdoing related to the COVID-19 vaccine, you're going to see... Other governors in other states do the same thing. And I think you'll see people in Washington, certainly probably in the House more so than the Senate, um, do the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Florida really is a leader when it comes to those kinds of things, when it comes to policy. And and the whole country watches what's ha- what happens here. And then if we make these decisions, people follow. Yep. Like night follows day.
1: Yeah. All right. Sports.
0: We're Moving on to, on to lighter things, right. I know. Uh, we have bowl season starts up. Um, we have a, uh, every year in, at the at the Institute, we have uh, a March Madness pool. We have started up now a football bowl pool. The winner gets free lunch uh, and bragging rights at our staff meetings. Uh, I, I, I will say Logan has been the big winner in the... Uh, March Madness pool, you've won it how many times? Three times. Three times in six years. Yeah.
1: So um, I've said I'm going to start playing the lottery because I won that. Um, my family this year did like just a college football pick'em where my my dad, uh, Commissioner Greg, picked like six or seven games and we'd pick amongst right. them and and I won that. Um, and so we're also doing a family bowl. Uh, uh, pick them as well. And so, uh, yeah, I feel like the odds are in, in my favor. I'll tell you what, you've here. got some I've secret got, sauce there. I've but got,
0: you picked Georgia, didn't you? To win well, the everybody picked yeah. Georgia,
1: Bob, except for you. Except Every, for me. Everybody that's turned in their paper has uh-huh. picked Georgia, and you're the only one that's picked Michigan. Um, everybody has picked Florida State, so go Knowles. Right. Um, nobody has picked Florida. And right. I think people see the writing on the walls. I don't even know if they're going to have enough players to play right. that game. Right. because of, right, right. Uh, Richardson uh, announcing he's going to the draft the issue with their backup quarterback yeah. all the people all the kids in the transfer and yeah it's I dead. saw I saw a um a tweet by like a legit uh, news journalist or I'm sorry sports journalist that said well Napier should just forfeit the game and be out there recruiting and I thought to myself what kind of look does that have yeah. if you're meeting with players and you say, hey, I know we forfeited our bowl game, but come play with us. Right, we right. really want you to come yeah. play with us. I no, you was, can't do that. I thought that was the dumbest thing.
0: They're going to roll out. But Oregon State, you know, if you don't follow college football, Oregon State is a scrappy team. I think they had maybe two opt-outs. I think the University of Florida's had 20, <laughs> literally 20. Mm-hmm. So, And I think, you know, I think FSU obviously is – caught Oklahoma during a good year I yeah. think they're
1: gonna UCF and Duke will be a good yep. game too yeah that'll
0: be a good game so we have you know the... we'll
1: update everybody on we will we'll update everybody going.
0: but I have Michigan winning it all mm-hmm. um and I don't know I just feel like the inevitability of Georgia means they won't win it but maybe I'm wrong maybe they're a juggernaut and nobody can knock them off but we're gonna find out
1: um and I like the four-team matchup that we have now. Right. I think we're going we're gonna to have one more year where right. we've got four teams and then the playoff expands to 12 teams. And then yeah. you've got your two-loss Alabama yes. is going to make it. And I think that, honestly, that's what frustrates me about expanding to the 12-team because I don't think if you uh, didn't even play in your conference championship right. game. And, and again, it, it just – it really um, – Disincentivizes teams to even play in the conference right. championship. I mean, and to risk injuries and things like that. If you can be a two-team or right. a two-loss team, not play in the yeah, conference championship game, and out. then still go to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah,
0: it's gonna it's gonna Anyways. minimize you know lower bowls and make games probably less important. You know, yep. at the end of the year, but anyway, that's that's a discussion for another day. Talking about Christmas, yeah,
1: this is our last podcast and, right, before Christmas,
0: right? We have Chris, we have our Christmas, uh, Merry Christmas to our Christmas listeners, Happy Hanukkah to our Hanukkah listeners, uh, but I think this is kind of a universal this or that as it mm-hmm. comes to. We're going to play a little game of this yeah. or that. Let's play. Um, and we're gonna, we've are we got five things we're going to uh, mention and then see uh, whether you like this or whether or you that. like that. So are you hot chocolate or apple cider? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. I'm hot right chocolate. there with you. And
1: if I don't, I mean, I don't even want to see the hot chocolate over my Cool Whip. Like I got a huge dollop of Cool Whip mm-hmm. or marshmallows or whatever it is. I'll put a little candy cane in there. Yeah, total hot chocolate.
0: I've been known to add a little Bailey's Irish cream into my mm. hot chocolate too, okay. which works as well. Yeah. Grinch or Elf? The Grinch, ooh. the movie The Grinch, or Elf?
1: I think Grinch.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: don't know. It just feels classic to me. I right. love The Elf. Classic
0: Elf. version of The Grinch?
1: I Maybe, but I've watched that new version ooh, about a dozen times at this point right now. Because your boys <laughs> because are watching my it? kids are yeah. watching it. So, yeah. that And that's a really cute version, too. And I like The Elf, but The Grinch just feels like classic Christmas yeah yeah Yeah. I got you what about um white lights or multicolored lights
0: white lights all the way I'm married to an interior designer and it is white lights everywhere multiple trees in the house the main tree is real we've had this discussion before Uh but we have uh you know, fake trees in, you know, our girls' rooms and in yeah. windows and stuff like that, but it's white lights all the way yeah. my Well, house. we're three
1: for three on agreeing on things because right. I'm white lights too, and we did like white icicle lights on our house this year, mm-hmm. and my husband for the first time said, I think next year we're going to do multicolored lights. So interesting. I think next year we might, I'm just kidding, <laughs> we yeah. might not uh, decorate for Christmas because right. we might be in a little bit of a discussion a on that, yeah. but yeah, I'm, yeah, I like the classic, uh, yeah
0: Christmas. Me lights. too. It's funny though, my growing up, it was all multicolored in my house. The tree, yeah. over the door, throughout. I think that was probably in like a seventies, eighties thing. Sure. That's the way it was. Yeah. It was
1: a disco. Vibe. Exactly.
0: Something. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pumpkin pie or apple pie? Pumpkin. Pumpkin all the way. I could eat pumpkin twelve months a year. Yeah. I love pumpkin pie. And again,
1: I don't even want to see the pumpkin pie under my cool whip. Right. <laughs> like I just want a big dollop and I yeah, but I do love pumpkin pie or pecan pie, but I'm not a big apple pie fan.
0: Right. Right.
1: Know. All right. Uh, Mariah Carey or Michael Buble?
0: Well, I am, I will even add one more and that is uh, Dean Martin. No, Frank it's not Sinatra.
1: a this or that okay. or other. I'm a
0: bu- <laughs> Buble all the way. I'm a classic okay. Christmas music guy and Michael Buble does that so well, but I'm a Sinatra, Dean Martin, Christmas music kind of mm. guy. Uh, not, not into Mariah Carey. I love Springsteen, ah, but I'm not a big d- yeah. Springsteen Christmas music This guy.
1: is where we're going to differ. I don't know. I hear that Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is mm-hmm. you. And it just puts me in some kind mm-hmm. of mood.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love I it. I get it. I get it. I love it. It's yeah. good.
1: All right. We got to end with, um, our JMI board mm-hmm. member, Joe York. Uh, congratulations. I hope he's listening. But he just got a big major promotion at AT&T. So he's moving from what he previously was, just AT&T Florida, um, to President AT&T of the Gulf States region. That's so, right. Um, Joe's
0: been a great board member at JMI for many years. He's very involved in um, and so many different things, and he's a great Floridian in the state. He was help. He helped. You know, he was on the committee to reopen the economy after the two weeks to slow the spread. Right. He's on. He's done tons of things in education. He's been a board member of the James Madison Institute for years and years, and it's just a promotion. Well, you know, well deserved to, yep. to Joe York.
1: Congratulations, Joe.
0: Yeah, great.
1: Um, Well, that'll do it for another episode of uh, Spill the Tea. Thank you for joining us. We hope that we gave you some insight into what's going on here in the Sunshine State related to property insurance and crop growth and um, some fun tidbits. It is our last episode before Christmas, Mm -hmm. so we do hope everybody has uh, a Merry Christmas. Merry
0: Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. And this, we will uh, see everybody, I guess, with a new um, edition of Spill the Tea in the new year. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Spill the Tea. For more content from the James Madison Institute, follow us on social media or check out our website at jamesmadison.org.